Welcome to the best of the Nick Brown Show, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's your host, Nick Brown. We're going to go to Hueytown, Alabama's favorite son, Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine, and just a little small game for you to cover today, Lynn. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I tell you, if I'm, uh, if I'm still a work in progress, I've been working at this so long that I think all the, uh, all the chickens are in the roost, as they would say. <laughs> Whatever it is is what it is, in my case. Yeah, this is a, you know, obviously a big ball game. I, uh, the, uh, I mean, you personally know my history of covering this ball game, but this, is, this will be my 50, 54th consecutive Auburn-Alabama game to go to. Uh, I saw two before that time, so I've, I've been to 56 uh, Auburn Alabama games after today. I'll be in the press box at Bryant Denny today. I've seen some some memorable wins by both teams, and uh, and some significant losses by both teams. Some some big upsets uh, by both teams over a course of 50 55 times to see two teams play. So uh, yeah, it's uh, you know always a, always a day that I look forward to. Now, uh, all that, uh, Lynn, I'm just going to put you on the spot. You're, you're fa- out of all those, I mean, you got you, you can rank three, but could you pick a favorite uh, Iron Bowl? Well, you know, I really couldn't pick a favorite. The, uh, I mean, I'm an, I'm an Auburn graduate. Your people in the audience know that. So, I mean, my favorite would be 1972 uh, when Auburn uh, was a, uh, I believe, 16-point underdog and, um, and beat Alabama 70-16 to on the two-block punts which still is, is one of the strangest endings to a football game. Uh, Auburn fans say, well, nothing could beat that kick six game in 2013. I said, well, unless it happened back-to-back and they did it twice, then I got a game that beat it, the 1972 game. So being an Auburn graduate, I guess the 72 game would be the one that, that I would say would be my favorite. But you've had some significant games. Bear Bryant broke Amos Alonzo Stagg's record in 1981 uh, when, when he beat Auburn. Um, that was the year before Pat Dye came. That was my first. Uh, uh, first that was my first game, by the way. First Iron Bowl. Doug Barfield's last year, and uh, Lenny Patrick, I believe, scored the winning touchdown for them. And so that was a significant game because it set the all-time all-time record. I think the 1989 game is probably the most significant game that's that's been played in the series, maybe ever. Uh, in 1948, uh, they did they didn't play uh, from two thousand from uh, 1907 to 1948, coming out of World War II. Uh, of course, a lot of teams didn't play during World War II, and and 46 and 47, you had teams that were getting the field, the teams back on the field. They didn't play in 47, and in 1948, the state legislature uh, mandated that the two teams would play again, or else they were going to cut off funding to the two schools. So obviously, they they started playing. So they signed a 40-year contract that they'd play at Legion Field. So it's 1948 to 1988. Well, that was a decided advantage toward Alabama because uh, Alabama, of course, is in Tuscaloosa. It takes about 45 minutes to an hour to drive up there. So Alabama would get to stay in their dorms and just get on a bus and ride up there and not have to travel and all that. But Auburn, on the other hand, at that time, the only way to get there was on Highway 280 coming up from Auburn, which took probably about three hours at the time. as a two-lane road. Or they had to drive through Montgomery and then up Highway 31, which, which took probably three or four hours. Uh, so they would have to come up on Friday night, stay in a hotel, uh, and all the expense of putting up the band and all that kind of stuff. Well, uh, and plus in Alabama would play two or three games a year at Legion Field. So it, while they claimed it was a neutral field, uh, it was a decided advantage for Alabama. Uh, in 1989, when the contract ran out, Pat Dye was the head coach then. 
And he had been a, of course, he was a player at Georgia, uh, so he understood the Auburn rivalry well. He had been a head, he had been an assistant coach, Coach Bryant, before we came to Auburn. So he understood the nature of the Auburn-Alabama rivalry well. And Coach Dye basically said, guys, uh, we don't have to sign this contract to play in Birmingham. And if, if y'all want to continue doing this series, we're going to play the games Auburn's home year. We're going to play them at Auburn. You play yours where you want to. So they uh, came, and, and both teams were ranked in the top ten. Uh, Auburn had lost the game. Uh, Alabama may have been undefeated. Uh, I think they may were number two in the country, and Auburn's like number five or six, as has been so many times in this series, which is what makes it such a great series, Nick, is because both teams are among the best teams in the country most of the time. So anyway, uh, they, uh, he, said, that's, he said we want to do that. So in 89, they played the game uh, in Auburn for the first time. Alabama continued to maintain its position that the game was going to be played in Birmingham. Their years. But uh, Auburn, got, Auburn had gotten the whip hand in the, in the series anyway when Coach Bryant left, and Auburn had won like six out of eight or something like that. And so they go to Auburn for the first time. Auburn wins it 30-20. to 20. Um, And then every time they go back to Birmingham, Alabama wins. Every time they go to Auburn, Auburn wins. So uh, Alabama finally dawned on their side that this is not the thing to do. Uh, we need to have all of our games at, uh, at Bryant-Denny, which, which they did, and they, of course, no longer play games in Birmingham. And you see what's happened, you know, to their program there. And, and I never understood the economics of it because you just got to think how many millions of dollars comes into a town every, every time there is a game of this magnitude. And uh, the city of Tuscaloosa was, was forfeiting all of that money. And so it's, I think now looking back, uh, you know, fans of both sides think it's a great thing that it moved to a home-and-home series. And, um, and there have been some classic ball games since, uh, in fact, since it did that, uh, Alabama's had two undefeated seasons and four or five national championships. Auburn's had three undefeated seasons, and I think a couple of national championships, and played for one. Um, so you know, it's been a, it's just been a great series, and and there's a lot of lot of history behind the scenes that goes on to what happened that a lot of folks don't know about. Well, I certainly talked to Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. Lynn takes you to ten today if you live on the Eastern Time Zone. So we'll keep the uh, we'll keep it going. Lynn, this is one, and we got a lot of uh, rivalry games in the SEC, and a lot of a uh, lot of big games uh, where they're bowl eligibility. But I will say this: you look from a standpoint of the Auburn Alabama game, uh, and of course the news with Ed Orgeron going to be named the head coach at uh, LSU. I believe it's going to have implications with... Uh, now, is that, is that official? Yes, today? sir. Yeah, we're official. The source is going to remove it, going to name him as the uh, head coach today. I believe the donut man told us the time, what, 12, 1 o'clock? Yeah, 1 o'clock Eastern time. So 12 o'clock today, Central okay. Standard Time. I, I had not seen that officially. I know you and I talked last night about it. But uh, I had not had not seen anything this morning yet getting ready to go down to Tuscaloosa. So that is an official thing that's going to be done. That is correct. And then I think you're going to watch the uh, offensive coordinator today on the sidelines for uh, Alabama. That's going to be, the, uh, in my opinion, the first hire for Ed Orgeron on a new staff. Well, that's, that's, that's interesting. That's interesting to see. Uh, does, does that mean, again, I apologize, I have not gone in and checked, checked sports news yet this morning. Uh, does that mean that Tom Herman is going to be taking a, another job in Texas? Well, uh, the Charlie Strong is meeting with the officials from the University of Texas today, and you could certainly probably think that after the loss to TCU that it will be difficult for him to remain the head coach of the Longhorns. I think had Texas won the game, I thought it would be decision time for Texas, but now I think that decision has been made. Well, and, and there's a lot going on in Texas. I'm not sure Coach Sumlin did a whole lot for his career by uh, laying the egg they did against LSU. This is the fourth year in a row 
that uh, A&M has started out, you know, 5-1, and 5-0, and 6-0, oh, and, oh, and they've laid eggs down the stretch uh, every, every one of these seasons. And uh, I'm just wondering, you know, how, how much longer that's going to be uh, looked on in good favor in, in College Station. You know, I agree, but I tell you the, the one thing I would say that if Tom Herman obviously is the guy for the University of Texas, first, do you see, you know, Larry Fedora is a guy that could come back to College Station, but what they do, they went out and lost to North Carolina State yesterday. So, yeah. And they, they allow their in-state rival to become bowl eligible. Which, uh, you know, so it, it's almost like it is, a, it is a blessing because you're thought of to go to other colleges, but you have that curse. You look, I mean, I was telling the guys here, the Donut Man and the ULM fan, I said, it's real easy to predict Memphis is going to be Houston after the Houston Cougar players have been watching it scroll across the, t- uh, the ticker for three hours that they're losing their coach. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. They, you know, there are a lot of occasions going on this weekend where uh, one team is allowing another uh, – you know, uh, Texas allowed TCU to become bowl eligible yesterday. Um, Arizona stopped Arizona State from becoming bowl eligible last night. And then we've got two situations today in, in the SEC where uh, Mississippi State, who's had a down year, could, uh, could absolutely put the whammy on an Ole Miss season uh, that has been so disappointing and underachieving uh, if they don't become bowl eligible. And, uh, and Tennessee and Vanderbilt the same way, which, which that game has a lot of uh, ramifications, Nick. Because if, uh, if Vanderbilt were to win that game, uh, they become bowl eligible, which helps the SEC greatly. Uh, but Tennessee probably loses the whip hand on getting the Sugar Bowl bid. So, um, you know, a lot going, lot going on with these ball games. The, the Sugar Bowl situation is an unusual one because you've got such a disparity between Alabama and the rest of the league. Because even if Auburn knocks them off today, uh, they're, they're still like, you know, several games better on the, on the one-loss column. Than, uh, than anybody else, particularly if Florida State were to beat Florida today, and, and they're a touchdown favorite in Tallahassee to beat uh, Florida, and I, and I do think they probably will. Um, if Florida were to knock off Florida State, then I think the loser of the SEC championship game, whichever one it would be, would play in the, uh, Sugar, Bowl. Play in the Sugar Bowl if Alabama did not hang on and, and still get a, a bid in the Final Four. But if Florida loses to Florida State and then loses to Alabama, which there'll be a considerable uh, uh, underdog to do, even if Auburn beats Alabama today, um, then you're going to have Auburn, Texas A&M, LSU, Tennessee, if they lose to Vanderbilt, and Florida all with four losses. And I wonder how long it's been since the Sugar Bowl has had a four-loss SEC team as the second-best team in the league. Yeah, 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 that, that is a great question, and I think that's the thing. You know, we're sitting beside a Mississippi State fan. He also goes by the Don, a.k.a. the Donut Man. He's looking forward to the, the Egg Bowl, and I, I think that this is one where nothing would make the folks in Starville more happy than to keep the uh, Rebels uh, out of a bowl game, and that's certainly a possibility. Where does the SEC stand, Lynn, with bowl eligibility? How many teams now? I know that, obviously, Missouri got 10, got 10. Got 10, got 10 eligible. And, um, and you've got the, the only two that are not eligible are Mississippi State and Missouri. And, um, and then Ole Miss and, um, and Vanderbilt could become eligible today, so we could have, we could have 10, 11, or 12. Okay. Of the, of the way it goes. All right, let me ask you this question, because I know that you work with the Birmingham Bowl and do a lot of work with that, and you get an SEC. Who is uh, last on the SEC on the bowl order, the last team? So, in other words, if only 10 qualified, then two teams wouldn't get an uh, SEC team without I believe I believe this year's the Independence Bowl. The, uh, the Liberty, uh, our bowl, Birmingham Bowl, and, uh, and Independence Bowl are the last three in the pecking order. 
and I think it kind of rotates on on how that goes. If we get if we get twelve teams, I think you're going to be looking for a for a at large place for an SEC team to play. Uh, I have to count that up and see. But when they only have eleven slots uh, that are that are guaranteed, and if so, if if uh, if Ole Miss and Vanderbilt were to win today, we may be having to look for an at large spot for. Uh, for an SEC team. Okay, but well, if, I'll, but I'll, I'll, if Alabama, I'm sorry for interrupting, I'm sorry to Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine, but in that bowl, Alabama, let's just say they defeat Auburn today, win the SEC championship like most expect them to do. Right. Would, that would take one of the bowl slots, correct? So in other words, that would still be a shortage of, do you have well, a... If Florida, if, if, let's say Florida beats Florida State and they get chosen to have one of those uh, bowl slots. Let's say you put them in the Cotton Bowl against whoever. Um, then, you know, that also makes a difference. So uh, if, if we had two SEC teams in that top ten, then, you know, that, that would make a difference. It's just it's still so much in the air. I, I don't remember the last time you had this much uncertainty. We absolutely, we're a week away, and we have no idea. You know, I'm, I'm in charge of the uh, committee that produces the game day program for, uh, for the Birmingham Bowl, and, and we've already met and, and have got some assignments done. But uh, we don't really even know where to turn. As far as which teams we might, uh, we'll, we'll have a better feel after the games today on which teams we're most likely to have a shot at. We'll start trying to contact some of them next week. But, uh, but right now, uh, we don't, you know, this, it's just so up in the air. There's so much still in question. Well, I talked to Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. Lynn takes you to 10 on the Eastern, Standard Eastern time zone today. I want to talk about, uh, I know you and I talked at length last night, and, and the first thing I said was, Lynn, uh, have safe travels to Tuscaloosa. Get out alive! It's going to be a long day for the Auburn Tigers. Dan, we're talking about you know you're looking at the game and you told me all this history about Auburn had upset number one teams before. You didn't expect it to happen today, but uh, certainly I just I, 55 to nothing. Uh, Auburn's going to have trouble offensively today. Well, sure. Yeah, I, I, I think they will because I don't uh, I don't expect Sean White to play, uh, and and the significance of Sean White. I think is lost because there was so much hype about Chad Kelly and Josh Dobbs and so much question uh, about Trevor Knight and how he had done at Oklahoma and how, how badly he beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl and, and all that, that Sean White went as, a, as an, uh, just a, an unmentioned guy that was, you know, Auburn's one of those teams that, oh, my goodness, they're not going to do any good because they don't have a quarterback that can play. Well, Jalen Hurts, justifiably, has gotten you know so much credit for for how he's doing. Not somebody that was on the radar, but Sean White wasn't on anybody's radar. First ball game, they played three quarterbacks, had five guys take snaps from center in one game, so he was nowhere established at all. Um, at, uh, by the oh, by the end of the Ole Miss game, going going into the Vanderbilt game, where Sean White took got this significant injury in the at the latter part of the Ole Miss game, uh, Sean White was the number one passing efficiency quarterback in the conference. He was the number one pass percentage completion quarterback in the conference, and he was in the top ten in America in both of those. He was the number seven quarterback in the country in passing efficiency, and, uh, and that just was just gone unknown. I mean, he was getting no credit for anything. Well, you see how they've done since he hadn't been available. Now, against Alabama A&M they did, but I mean, I, I don't mean it bad toward Alabama A&M, but that's, that's not a comparison. But, uh, you know, against Georgia, uh, Georgia, Georgia couldn't score a touchdown in the game, uh, an offensive touchdown in the game, but they still won because Auburn in the second half couldn't even get a first down. And if Sean White had been healthy and playing and Cam Petway had been healthy and playing, you know, how many people think Auburn couldn't have gotten a first down? And so 
the magnitude of Sean White not being healthy and probably not being able to play at all, uh, you, can't, you can't overstate the significance of that in this ballgame today. And then Cam Petway was the leading rusher in the SEC. He was in the top ten running backs in the, in the uh, country and was a finalist for the uh, Doak Walker Award for top running back of the year. And he hasn't played in four ballgames. And since he had that torn quad, uh, hadn't played at all, they say he's probably going to play today. But, I mean, how, how effective is he going to be? You know, if I'm, if I'm uh, the defense coordinator on the other side of the field, I'm going to tell my guys to don't be ugly about it, don't try to hurt him. But, I mean, I, tackle him low, hit him, in the, hit him in the thighs and bring him down by his legs and let's see if we uh, can't make it uncomfortable for him to play. And uh, when you've got the best, when you got the most, uh, the leading running back in the SEC and the most pa- affi- pass-efficient quarterback in the SEC and neither one of them can play, uh, anybody's going to have that as a real deficit. I just don't see Auburn being able to play, uh, to play with them. But, I mean, defensively, Auburn's good. But, uh, but uh, by the end of the ball game, I mean, if your offense hasn't been able to do anything, then, you know, your defense kind of lets down. And, and that's really kind of what I expect to happen. It, I mean, it wouldn't shock me to see Auburn win because they, they do have a history of knocking off number one and number two teams. That's maybe as much as anybody they've done it. But they haven't done it when, the, when their best quarterback and their best running back, who also were the leading, SEC, leading the SEC in those categories, uh, when they're not able to play, I, I suspect when Auburn has, uh, has knocked off highly ranked teams, probably they've had their best players available. Absolutely. Now, uh, it is moving over to a game that the Donut Man, and by the way, he really enjoyed uh, visiting with you last week, Lynn. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. I agree. And uh, he is, has eaten two pillowy plus for you already this morning. He, you know, he's not only the Donut Man because of his ability to pick up donuts, but his ability to, to put away donuts as well. Listen, some, some Saturday morning, I need to be down there with y'all. I would love we that. Need to try, we need to try to work on that. Well, we do. Now, here's the thing, though, and, and I'll just tell you, he, he's a huge Mississippi State fan, and, and thank goodness he's not brought a cowbell to the depot, 211 West Railroad Avenue, because uh, as a ministry of First Baptist Church, they may ask me to leave. But he's not brought a cowbell in here, but he's, he's, he's decked out in his, his, his Mississippi State gear. To give him some hope today for the uh, Egg Bowl, Lynn. Oh, I think they very well could win. I don't know if there's any question about it they could win. The... Uh, these are these are two teams that have had disappointing seasons. I don't see them as being that uh, that different from each other. Both of them are playing first year quarterbacks now with uh, with Sean uh, with uh, Shea Patterson in there, um, and you know you could say well Shea Patterson had the big game against A and M, so maybe he's a little bit more flashy. But he sure as heck laid an egg against Vanderbilt, and um, now Vanderbilt's got a good defense. I'm not trying to take away from that, but um, I don't I don't see a whole lot of difference in the two teams, quite frankly. Uh, you know neither one of them have got a a great power running back. Um, uh, Mississippi State's got got Ross, good receiver, and uh, and Ole Miss got Ingram. Of course, he's a, I think he's a tight end, but still he's good. The uh, uh, both of them have had have had some injuries on defense. I I just don't see that much difference. I I would lean toward Ole Miss because they're playing at home, and because they got more to play for. Uh, but then Arizona State had more to play for last night, and they got uh, and they got beat. I I'm, I'm going to uh, you know, if I have to pick the games, I'm going to pick Ole Miss to win uh, because of because of having the bowl on the line and playing at home. But it would not surprise me at all to see Mississippi State win that game. I, I absolutely think that they got a chance. You know, and you talk about the Vanderbilt Commodores and their victory over Ole Miss. One thing, if you go a lot of message boards that you see, certainly their victory over Ole Miss maybe quieted a few of the uh, Auburn fans that, uh, that you see on message boards. Vanderbilt's a better football team, b- bottom line, than, than any of us give them credit for being. Vanderbilt's only lost one ball game by more than a touchdown this year. That was Georgia Tech in Atlanta. 
<clears throat> all their other games have been within a score that they've lost, uh, and they beat they beat Georgia uh, in Athens, and they beat Ole Miss. So I mean they've got they've got two SEC wins, beat Georgia and Ole Miss, and, and have only gotten beaten significantly by one by, by one opponent uh, that can become bowl eligible if they play today. So uh, that's you know that's not a bad uh, you know there's uh, Shermer has done better at quarterback than I thought he would play. Uh, Webb uh, is one of your top six or eight running backs in the conference, and their defense is, is certainly in the top half of the SEC. So while I, while I do think Tennessee will win the game, uh, it, would not, it would not surprise me to see Vanderbilt win the ball game. And, and uh, things really get, uh, really get complicated bowl-wise because we add another SEC team to the bowl eligibility, and then we throw uh, the Sugar Bowl and Capital One Bowl and those guys into total disarray uh, as far as knowing what's going to happen if Florida loses to Florida State. Now, absolutely. Now, one thing that I will say that uh, I um, certainly disagree with you, and now I'm tending to agree with you more. You told me when Brett Bielema was named the head coach at Arkansas. You said it was a square peg in a round hole, I think is what you told me, and you just didn't see the fit. Well, then I kind of jumped on Brett's bandwagon Arkansas had some early success, the uh, narrow victory over Louisiana Tech, which is right here in literally our front yard, not backyard. Uh, Yesterday, losing to Missouri, certainly I I did not see that one coming. Well, no, I didn't either. Um, You know, and and Arkansas, to a degree, has been like Texas A&M, where they set the woods on fire, and and then as the season goes on, uh, they start, uh, you know, falling back. And... um, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't talked to any Arkansas people, you know, since that ball game. Uh, I know they were uh, they were disappointed at um, you know at the game. I believe, uh, of course, they were excited about beating Florida, but the LSU game certainly didn't turn them on. They they still hadn't gotten over what happened in Auburn, and then um, and then this thing to have happened to Missouri, which was the worst team in the SEC record wise until yesterday. Um, so. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I just, you know, Bill's personality and his style of play, uh, just I just didn't think was a good fit coming in from Wisconsin to Arkansas, and you know, and I guess they've been a little bit, a little bit better than average since he's come in there. But um, how many years has he been there, Nick? I want to say is this is this year three or year four? Is it year four? I think it's four. Year four. I think, it's year, I think it's year four, and he hadn't been. I mean, he hadn't been in competition for any any titles in four. Of course, a lot of other teams hadn't too, but. Uh, but you know, I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're not doing bad. But I, I just, it just didn't strike me as a good fit from the start. Nothing's, nothing's happened yet to convince me that it, in the long run, it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Lynn, we certainly uh, always appreciate you uh, joining us here on the Nick Brown Show. We invite you down to the depot anytime that you're in North Louisiana. We will save you a donut. And now, uh, but is uh, I've never seen you drink a cup of coffee. No, and I'm not going to. We would. Hey, no, I'm, 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 I'm elderly. And I've never drank a full cup of coffee in my life. With, with all due respect to your coffee people, hey, I'm, if you got coffee as a sponsor, I sure don't want to cut their throat. But uh, the, my wife's a big coffee drinker, and every time we go out of the country uh, to, to Hawaii or something, we always go to the coffee plantation. She's a big coffee drinker, and so it's a great product, I'm sure, but it's not for me. Well, I tell you what, Cindy is welcome. Your wife, Cindy, who uh, who's Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles, got a big victory over Louisiana Tech that yesterday. Is. 
And, you know, uh, Cindy's certainly welcome at the depot. You'll have to sit in the car. And the don't, you and the donut man, you and the donut man can sit in the car in the parking lot of the depot well, and drink a Coca-Cola. We may, just, we may just do that. I hope it's warm weather or you've got a good heater in your car. <laughs> it's going to be your car. The donut man drives a golf cart. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, appreciate right, it. Hey, yeah, enjoy, enjoy watching football today. I'll, uh, I'll hold down a seat in the Bryant Denny press box for you. All right, Liam. We'll talk to you again next week. All right, man. Thanks for listening to the best of the Nick Brown show. Tune in live every Saturday on ESPN977.com or subscribe to the show in iTunes on Stitcher or at redpeachsports.com.